today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. We want to get into what's going on with the Canadian military. Uh, another, well, some people call it faux pas. Some are using much stronger language uh, earlier this week. Uh, when it was announced that uh, one of the people that was uh, near the middle of the uh, uh, sexual abuse allegations that have gone on right now, uh, one Major General Peter Daw, uh, wrote a positive reference letter to a sex offender, a convicted sex offender. Uh, he will no longer be responsible for working on the military response to the external sexual misconduct reviews. You're saying to yourself, why was it even put there? It's a good question. Uh, and it's starting to resonate uh, even deeper now uh, up on Parliament Hill. Uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has taken a direct aim at the military commanders following a whirlwind 48 hours involving a senior officer who provided that reference letter. Trudeau says he was, to use his words, stunned and dismayed at recent revelations about uh, Major General Peter Daw. Here's the PM. It is obvious that despite the work that the military has done, despite the work that we've done, the military still doesn't get that survivors need to be at the center and the unique priority of everything in regards to sexual misconduct and harassment in the military. Similar comments from the Deputy Prime Minister, Christy Freeland, yesterday, too, uh, to uh, Global's uh, Mercedes Stevenson. So what is going on, and, and why is, is this continuing to swirl around? And uh, there's an awful lot of people right now that are wondering uh, why they haven't addressed some of the key issues here. What This is an ongoing problem. Joining us to talk about this whole scenario is uh, Walter Callahan. Walter is a Ph.D. candidate in medical anthropology with the Faculty of Arts and Science at the University of Toronto. Uh, Walter, a pleasure to have you on the program. Thanks for the time today. Thanks for having me again. How do we deal with this? I mean, we, 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 by definition, we want to have respect for the military, and we do, I think, have respect for the, the great work that they do and their dedication to, to their country, etc. cetera. Uh, but this, this whole thing of sexual misconduct and the way in which the military has dealt with allegations of sexual misconduct uh, seems to be getting, if not no better, it, it, worse if not no better. I mean, it's, it's awfully frustrating to see yet the latest incarnation of, the, of this, this crisis. Uh, fr frustration is such a light word to describe this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I remember when this current uh, dumpster fire started up, the language that spontaneously came out of my mouth. <laughs> well, I think we get muted and get you in trouble with the with the CRTC. <laughs> um, Thank you. Thank and, you for maintaining and, the standards. I appreciate it. But yeah, uh, and the, 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 that response, it it was like wildfire throughout the the veterans community, especially those of us who work with MST survivors. Uh, but amongst the MST survivors themselves, it was it was like such a kick to the groin. This whole thing has been a, a lesson in how to shoot yourself in the foot. Well, and the, the very appointment, I mean, for instance, you know, they apologized, uh, and, and you know, the Prime Minister was commenting about that, about the fact that, okay, uh, Major General Daw uh, has been taken down from the post. The most egregious part of that is what was he doing in that post in the first place? Uh, and, you know, he's in charge of, of the military's response to external sexual misconduct reviews. Uh, that's uh, that's the, uh, the fox in the hen house, isn't it? Well, it... There, there's some extra added parts in there as well. That, uh, some of the news that broke late last night that he he had been in that position for three weeks until the media broke that he had been put in that position. And I, th this raises one of the questions that first came to mind of he was in there for three weeks. Why did it take the media to, to let us know that this was happening? Normally, when a general gets put into a place, there is some media fanfare, some PR announcement about it. Mm -hmm. Especially on a file like this, where they're 
where they've been pointing out the optics of really trying to be sensitive to how complex the issue is and how uh, sensitive it is for the for those who have been victimized. That they kept this silent for three weeks until it got broken in the news, and then they scrambled. But their scramble was really delayed. Uh, a number of prominent advocates had reached out to uh, to the ACDS and the Vice CDS, raising concerns about this. And there was a little bit of silence, a little, we don't know what to do. Then they finally got back to a bunch of us with the announcement late uh, late Monday night, mm-hmm. uh, late Tuesday night, late Tuesday night, when, when they announced, oh, yeah, sorry, we're, we're pointing them out of this position. It's like, well, why the hell did you put them in the position in the first place? Yeah, no, and nobody nobody no. wanted to address that. I mean, you're right. I mean, uh, I guess the first the person we heard from was uh, Lieutenant General Francis Allen, who's the Vice Chief of Defense Staff, and and th- th- with an apology that they didn't inform the media sooner, but they didn't address the problem as what in God's name was Dodd doing in that position in the first place. I mean, especially for three in light weeks. Of the, yeah, and and they knew the history. They knew what this guy was all about. Uh, it, it it really goes to I guess the insensitivity of this, doesn't it, Walter? I absolutely. I mean. They've got. They've tried to reframe it as this was an attempt at restorative justice. We are trying to rehabilitate them. Well, restorative justice. One of the pr- basic principles is that you do it on the timelines and with the needs of the victims first and forefront. You don't dictate to the victims. This is how we're going to restore someone. We're going to rehabilitate someone by doing this. Uh, so the, the fact that they. They didn't reach out to any of the prominent advocates in this, and certainly not even to the people that, that, that were victimized by the letter that Jaws wrote. That they were an afterthought. This is part of the problem. You don't go into this dictating to victims how things are going to go. Not if not if you're truly intending on playing the game of restorative justice. So, so to do this as an afterthought, and it's only now after the outcry that they've gone, oh, well, we'll also make sure that he has the opportunity to sit down with, with some of the prominent advocates and some of the victims to make sure he hears from them. That should have been the very first thing they did before any consideration of putting him into this position. To do it backwards, well, it is completely backwards. And it, it just adds to the frustration that a lot of us feel that, and I, I think it was uh, Freeland who who made the statement yesterday. They just do not get it, and it, well, it's troubling that they don't get it when there's so many of us who have been speaking out, both from the, the victim advocacy standpoint, but also those of us who are who specialize in understanding culture and culture change. And they're ign- it seems that once again they're just ignoring it. That they're trying to be willfully blind to what the true underlying problems are. And a big part of this with us has been it's just a it's a reiteration the way this is played out it's a reiteration of the old boys club and instead of actually addressing the issues they're going oh well here's something that we can do that they'll give the appearance of it being fine without anyone actually stopping and thinking now with the fact that it's been that he was in the position for three weeks without any announcement of him being put in there i would also suggest that they they knew that this was going to be problematic. So I think they were trying to bury it. There's attached to that. The word that's come out is that he, the position he was put in to review the, the different uh, 
well, to review the reviews, to do a meta review, was not so much to make the decisions on the file, but that part of the intent was that he would learn from those reviews and that the, that the recommendations he would make would not actually be binding in any this this on, on the surface that seems fine-ish, but it raises other issues of this is a general. The optics of a general making recommendations are that that's what will happen. And part of the questions that immediately came to my mind and to the minds of others as well is why in God's name is he doing this? Shouldn't this be part of the profile for Lieutenant General Carignan and her office of professional conduct and culture why is this being done separately even if they're even if the recommendations you make aren't really recommendations but just proof that he's learned something the optics of this are horrid well and just from that standpoint you look at this and say okay uh, as you say there's there's a, a committee that's actually looking into this who probably should have been in charge of this uh what were peter dawes qualifications major general's qualifications to actually uh pass judgment on this and make you know, is, is it because well he's, he was accused of this sort of stuff it's the arrogance of this and it, it follows as, as you know walter with the uh remember the incident a couple of months ago now of course we know that uh, that admiral uh art mcdonald stepped down as uh, chief of defense staff after there were allegations uh he the, the finally decided not to press charges which does not mean innocent i mean i know that some people are yeah. going to say well they you're, you're splitting hairs no you're not uh just the fact that they couldn't get a conviction means they won't press charges they didn't say there wasn't any impropriety uh and the and the day after that announcement came down uh, you know edward mcdonald says well i want my job back now whoa yeah. whoa just a minute i mean to his credit minister sajan said no not yet uh but he said you know you go back in the corner buddy you're, we're not finished with you yet yeah i, I th this is also that the, the the really screwed up elitism that some of these individuals take on, that that they're above reproach. And yeah, the, the, the whole thing of the absence of charges is not proof of innocence. And and I think this is a struggling point because there is a there's a difference between the popular imagination of guilt and innocence and the legal requirements for charges to be laid. Because of the resources that are at play and how damaging cases can be, especially to victims, a lot of prosecutors are very cautious and only pursue charges, only allow charges to be laid if they have a damned good chance of a successful prosecution. And I think with McDonald, that was in the case. Now with Dawes, what he did wasn't illegal. He didn't break any laws, but he sure as hell was morally bankrupt in writing the letter that he did and that he has not once expressed any regrets except for the fact that he got that his career is being tarnished but he that he doesn't seem to actually understand how what he did was so damaging to put him in any position that has any say or any perception of having a say on issues as troubling as these, it's just mind-boggling. Th th this was one of the worst steps they could have taken. But it, it, this really, I think, underscores 
what a lot of the accusations had stated in, hasn't it in previous testimonies Walter about the fact that there's no sense in even reporting these because it gets covered up uh, uh, the people that do it are get vilified and they get under uh, in, in, in intense scrutiny and pressure from from their higher ups and from their senior officers and it just seems to go on and on in situations like this uh, and it's not as if these guys are not aware that red flags have been raised I mean you know uh, there have been reports after reports the 2015 report that came out uh, of Justice Fish's report that came out earlier this year uh, Justice Arbor, for, former Justice Arbor, of course, is working on another element of this, too. Uh, they're all over this when it comes to recommendations and, and, and explaining exactly what's going on. Uh, you know, maybe maybe Major General Daw and, and, and Admiral McDonald should be reading those reports to get an essence of what's going on here uh, under their noses. And, and you know, th- th- to suggest that they weren't aware of this, I think, is naive at best. I mean, there's got to be some... I, I would think at some point uh, uh, an admission that, yeah, this thing is really screwed up and the people at the top seem, if not necessarily culpable, uh, certainly culpable of not addressing it. Yeah, it, it, it's, it, it is so frustrating that this continues in this way. I, the, the, the number of senior ranking members of the military that I've engaged with who have never even read the Deschamps report, even though it was published in 2015, it was supposed to be the hallmark of Operation Honor. That so many of them have even read that. It's it it's it really is a case of what are you actually doing that? I it, we we discussed previously that the, the the paper I wrote where I I gave that idea of of people being willfully blind and why that that could occur, and we're seeing it in spades. The idea that well, it's not, if we ignore it, it'll go away. There's not really an issue here. People are just blowing out proportion. The current thing with us, there were there were comments coming out uh, on social media of why do we keep bringing up these things from 40 years ago, from 20 years ago? Uh, excuse me, Oz, his his uh, his huge, vile, morally corrupt misstep was in 2017, and he refused to acknowledge it until he it broke in the public earlier this year, and he was removed from his position. This is not for something long time ago, though we do have to pay attention to those as well. But the fact that we're that the military just keeps making these missteps. Well, God, it's it's exhausting to 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 constantly have to put it in front of them of why and how they're making these errors. I, I got a button in the left here. Uh, What's what's going to happen? What's supposed to happen here? I mean, there's been calls for the minister to be to be booted out. Um, I, I don't know if that's going to solve the problem, but there's certainly a chain of command that needs to be addressed in this situation. But the chain of command within the military itself uh, needs to be addressed. I mean, the, it seems to me as if there ought to be a reckoning and a cleansing of some sort here. Yeah, yeah, and 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 how you how you actually go about that when the problems exist at such a such a foundational level it's it's i mean without getting rid of the entire officer corps and senior ncos i don't know quite how we do it we have to take it step by step but one thing that definitely has to be done is for them to step up to the plate acknowledge that they're doing these things wrong and engage more substantially with the with the prominent advocates like the group it's not just 700 but also with the victims there, there is some attempt to do that but we're, we're, we're going to see how it'll play out uh with, with the creation of a restorative justice system under the class action that was settled but 
they can't they can't keep making these same mistakes time and time again. Someone there has to step back and do the check of what they're doing wrong. And they do have some some cases of restorative justice that have worked. Uh, Admiral Baines, one of, the, one of the two individuals who was involved in the scandal of the, uh, the golfing with, with General Vance. Baines has stepped forward. He's acknowledged publicly how wrong it was. He sought out and sat down and got grilled by a bunch of survivors and advocates. And, that's, and he, that's, really does, he really does seem to have learned. But that, that's, that that's, he's that's, one that's case a, out of how yeah, we're many... Gonna, we're going to have to use that as, as the template, I guess, going forward. We're right out of time. Uh, Walter, I thank you for the great work that you're doing on this file and, and keeping it up there in, in on the front burner. And uh, thanks so much for the time today. We'll stay in touch. This is far from over. Anytime. Walter Callahan, of course, a Ph.D. candidate in uh, medical anthropology at the U of T, who's been studying and, and advocating on behalf of the victims in military uh, sexual misconduct for quite some time. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.